We've been talking quite a bit here on the morning show about how to take 2024 and use it to walk with a saint, to guide you in all of the right directions that will lead you to the heart of Christ. And we are so blessed in our Catholic faith. We have so many saints, holy people, that we can pray and they will walk with us. Well, for some, especially if you are trying to understand and seek out what your vocation is, St. John Vianney might be the saint to walk with you this year. And if you want to learn more about that saint, there's an opportunity coming up. And to tell us more about it, it is our good friend, Leonardo De Filippis, the founder of St. Luke Productions. Good morning, Leonardo. Thanks for joining oh, us today. Thank you so much, Brenda. It's great to be with you and your listeners and to talk about uh, vocations, but also St. John Vianney. Leonardo, people make resolutions, and I think I've made a few. I've already broken them this year. And Monsignor Sayak was quick to talk to us about, you know, having some accountability, walking those resolutions along with somebody, especially if you're trying to grow in your faith. The saints are great examples, people that we can pray to who pray for us. And for somebody who might be considering a vocation, in the religious life, boy, that we really would need our saints to walk with us and help guide us in those decisions, wouldn't you? Yes, I think the saints are are beautiful examples because they they give all of us, you know, be it young and old, they give us a guidepost of how the Christian life is lived and also how vocations are discerned because they all have their own walks of of, uh, of uh, vocations when it happens. You think of St. Paul, <laughs> you know, he's, sure. he's walking along and all of a sudden he's hating Jesus and the next thing uh, Jesus appears to him and why are you persecuting me? So, and then his whole uh, vocation begins. So I think the saints are, that's dramatic, of course, but it, God will whisper also in the heart and ears of of his creatures to have them follow him. So I think it's important to follow the saints in that regard, and as we discern, you know, uh, our vocations, because I think the—and, that you know, we've got to remember there's saints for married life and, and all the different avenues, religious life, single life, etc. You know, there's a collage of those saints dedicated to God that can help us in our discernment, and or, as we were mentioning earlier— you know, to do it in uh, companionship with others, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't want to do things alone. As as is said, we want to go to heaven together, not just alone. Oh, no doubt. Leonardo, you are a parent. You've got adult children. I myself also have adult children. And there is a point where parents, we can do something. We can also help guide our children, help them realize that, a vocation in religious life is something to be explored. How can parents, in your opinion, help make sure that their kids realize that the priesthood or religious life is an option for them as they discern their vocation? Well, I think, you know, as we live our Catholic faith and try to be faithful, meaning going to the sacraments, have a life of prayer in the home, be it through the rosary and the Divine Mercy Chaplet or reading the scriptures or or telling the Bible stories, you know, to our children uh, and doing the different uh, celebrations of, of all our feast days that we have so rich in our, our Catholic uh, faith and tradition. All of those can create, inculcate a, a sense of, uh, of uh, direction and uh, uh, kind of a Catholic life. So we 
we are living in this culture. We're not part of, quote, unquote, the world as much. We are, but we are kind of live, trying to live our faith. And I think by doing those customs, by doing uh, our sacraments and our prayers, going regularly to, you know, to, to say, confession or to the Eucharist uh, and, and different special events, Stations of the Cross, whatever it might be, uh, I think those are important because they're going to help lay the foundation. The next thing is, I think, that we uh, take our time sometimes to make sure we visit with our priests, our pastors, uh, you know, with the children so they get to know who they are. Uh, at least, you know, after Mass, they, you go up to them and, and, and that kind of thing. I see that with my grandchildren. They go right up, they're so comfortable with the priest, they go right up and want to talk to them, you know, a little three-year-old or a two-year-old. <laughs> so, uh, but the thing is, I think also that we maybe take them to different, uh, uh, you know, places. I know in our case, for us, because of our ministry and what we've done, um, our kids have been exposed to uh, religious life. They've been to Carmelite monasteries. I think, uh, you know, going to Mount Angel uh, to some of the celebrations so they see the monks praying. Uh, they see that kind of life. They see we have, uh, you know, the different, uh, you know, sisters of Our Lady, uh, at, you know, the Lady Re- uh, Peace Retreat House. All those kind of things can help just see the life of others. And uh, it might, you know, they might have a spark of that. They may go in a totally different direction. Maybe they even go uh, to a different religious order or, uh, you know, uh, to a diocesan priesthood, say, in your local area, or they find that in another part of the country. You just never know how God's going to work. But I think we have to plant the seeds uh, of that encouragement. And for myself, I think back, you know, like when I, we were ta- you know, talking previous to, the, to our interview here, you know, I had my own reconversion back to the faith. I'm in the theater. I'm living in a world that's not uh, pro-Catholic, if you were to say it that way. There's nobody practicing the faith. I come back into the church, and then I'm thinking of the priesthood. What should I do? Where should I go? What's, how to discern my vocation? And that's what led me, myself, to start reading the saints. I think that was very helpful to me. So I did reading the scriptures, things I kind of ignored in my uh, previous life, if you were to say it that way. So I, I started to spend time doing that rather than, you know, reading all or, or going to all kinds of other frivolous, kind of meaningless type of events. So uh, it helped focus me so that when I did come up, say, to, to the Oregon area, to the Northwest, and I did go, say, to the, to, you know, the Sisters of the same area of the Valley, or I went to, to where I stayed, or I went to Mount Angel, uh, to the Trappist Monastery. This was a rich thing for me to see the beauty of religious life and to see and to meet all the different priests. Once I started my ministry, at first I wanted to be a priest. I was thinking that's mm-hmm. maybe what I should do. Okay. But it was at Mount. But it was at Mount Angel that Father Bernard, who was the guest master back then, he encouraged me. Not just in, he was thinking, well, maybe I do have a Benedictine life. Uh, to invite us or the priesthood. But then he said, why don't you do a show on the gospel for this summer conference? Uh, it was a family conference at the time. And I said, okay. And I just was obedient. Yes, Father. I was at that uh, stage in my life. Sure. And I created, and all of a sudden I was playing Christ. I was playing God in the gospel and, and telling the story. With, hence, we have our name, St. Luke Productions. And then I didn't know what to do with my life. I thought, well, maybe I still should enter the priesthood, or should I be a Dominican, should I be a, you know, I, I was all at that stage, and he just calls me up and says, what are you doing for Lent? 
I said, I'm not sure, Father. He says, well, why don't you prepare a show on the Passion for Lent? Nice. Again, I just said, I said, yes. After that, I started getting requests to do all kinds of saints, St. Francis, St. Maximilian, Saint, et cetera. And so I think what happened was I found a vocation living priests, uh, creating saints, getting them out there. And because of that, I went and traveled and performed for all kinds of parishes all over the country, rich and poor, all different races, to, to Carmelite monasteries, poor Clare monasteries, Trappists, Cistercians. I mean, I just kind of, I saw the collage of Maronites. I just thought Byzantine. And so now I'm seeing the beauty of the church. I'm seeing the beauty of religious life. Uh, you know, where St. Therese took her vocation. Uh. Or, you know, uh, so that really made me, and my, I tried to expose that to my children and to Patty, my wife, who, of course, went with me through all this thing. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, you think about the number of lives you have been able to reach through all of the years you've had St. Luke Productions, bringing the lives of the saints to so many people across the country. And one of your long running, and I would say one that so many people appreciate, is coming back to the area you are going to be portraying, St. John Vianney. It's coming up on the 20th. And so I want to talk to you more about that, Leonardo but I'm already coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in our next half hour? Absolutely. I would love it. And I am back with a wonderful Leonardo de Filippis. We've had a wonderful conversation this morning. We're talking about vocations, and Leonardo is sharing with us some wonderful stories about his vocation, where he considered the priesthood a religious life, and it moved him to be the founder of St. Luke Productions, and now the number of lives he has been able to bring the lives of the saints to, and I've influenced a few priests in his day. Good morning, Leonardo. Thanks for staying with us this morning. Oh, absolutely, Brenda. I love it. It's good to be with you and your listeners. Having children exposed to the lives of the saints, bringing their stories to groups of people in a way that is so approachable, it's understandable. You've influenced people. Lives have been touched. And I want to say, Father Gately one of those priests, people might be familiar with his names. Tell our listeners his connection to St. Luke Productions. Well, I've known him a long time. We go all the way back. It's, I don't know, the turn of the turn of the century. No. <laughs> yes, I guess so. Uh, 2000, uh, when he saw, well, he actually, he saw Maximilian Kolbe back in 1995, around that time, when we performed at Franciscan University, where he was a uh, a student uh, and interested in a religious life. But then he was, when he was entering the Marians, he uh, saw the Gospel of John live. We did it in a parish right next to Steubenville at Franciscan. He saw that and was so touched by it. Uh, and, and so uh, anyway, he took a CD that we were selling at that time dur during the millennium in 2000, and he took that and he started to listen to it all the time. In fact, as he got into the Marians, uh, he would have his fellow, uh, you know, confreres listen to it also, and then eventually the Marian missionaries they would listen to it every every uh, Holy Week and uh, etc. So it touched him, and then he eventually wrote a book called uh, "For Father's Glory," uh, which I think was one of his last big books that I that I recall. So, and he wrote about this experience 
the Gospel of John mm-hmm. and listening to it and seeing it. So you see, you're right. It it has our our work. I would say, you know, God has used this. We've made risks, of course. Uh, every artist ha- artist has to. But then God uses it. Uh, it's not that I did all these things. That that God is uh, touching these people, touching future priest lives and and a priest life, or or religious, or layperson, or mothers. Uh, you know that they're the richness and the experience of the of the saints and of the gospel. You know, my my son said he has a weird. They always say, "What does your father do for a living?" And he has to say, "Well, he 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 plays Jesus for a living." <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, so I have to, you know, they don't know, and everyone's like, what? You know, oh, <laughs> what did your dad do? So I anyway, think, I have a lot of funny stories. That is probably the pinnacle of what a person can do in their life is I play Jesus. Uh, yeah, you could uh, definitely do uh, do worse <laughs> from that. I, in fact, I you don't even do know worse. how you do better than playing Jesus. Of course, I am speaking to our good friend, Leonardo D. Philippus. Well, Jesus is just one of the uh, portrayals that you do in your different shows. Leonardo, you have one coming up. And this is a great one, especially if we're talking about vocations. Leonardo will be at Mount Angel Abbey on January 20th. He's bringing the life of St. John Vianney to those who want to come. It's happening at three o'clock in the afternoon. Leonardo, how long ago did you uh, begin that production? Well, I did that during the year of the priest when uh, uh, Pope Benedict uh, declared that. And uh, we just happened to be the only uh, show uh, of its kind in the world. So we performed it all over the United States and, and into Canada at that time. So, uh, yeah, and then since then we keep going in different places. But this time we're going to come to Mount Angel. And uh, what's so wonderful about that, the main key to this, this is going to be through the Mount Angel uh, Abbey Institute, but, it, but we're going to do it for all the seminarians and the monks who can all come, uh, young and old, and then any of the, uh, our listeners that are listening are most welcome because it's a way of celebrating with them, uh, you know, this saint who's so important to the church, particularly to the seminary there, the work that's here done in the Northwest for the seminarians, uh, the formation with John Vianney, who is their patron. And uh, even though the Benedictines, you know, have St. Benedict as their model with the rule of St. Benedict, but St. John Vianney will open a, a, an eye or a key or a window or a door for them, for their hearts too, the beauty of the priesthood and, uh, and the same things that they're having to do as monks, meaning all the sacraments. So I, I think this is very important. And that's one reason I'm, I'm so excited to be able to go back there and I pray that everyone can come. It's going to be January 20th at 3 o'clock uh, for St. John Vianney. And uh, he's the patron saint of, of, of priests, of, relig- of uh, parish priests particularly, uh, because he is, you know, he was, in a sense, it's, God has a great sense of humor. He was one of the dumbest seminarians <laughs> in church history. He could not learn Latin. He, he just had so many educational blocks. Uh, he was, if you want to say, he was a dumb farmer, right? So, but by, but he had the desire, and he, uh, and so he just kept doing it, and and eventually, by a stroke of uh, <laughs> of God's grace, he was not ordained in the, he was not given the permission to be ordained in the same way as the formation of all those, uh, you know, seminarians at Mount Angel. They have to go through the rigor uh, of all of that, and they have to actually pass the tests, but. Uh, uh, John Vianney didn't, 
And so eventually what happens is it's amazing to think this, that he wasn't allowed to have the faculty to say, listen to confessions during the first nine months of his priesthood because they thought he was too dumb, that he, he might have problems. But he ends up, once he starts doing confessions, he ends up doing more confessions than any other priest in the history of, of the Church. So he becomes the kind of the priest of the confessional and the priest who is able to to basically create, he, he converts every single person in his parish, which is, you mm-hmm. know, wouldn't every pastor like to do that? Well, God allowed that to happen to John Vianney after much suffering and penance for all his people, because uh, because then it became kind of a symbol, if you were to say, people would come there to see a holy place and holy people. And that's why it was very attractive, where thousands upon thousands of people came from all over France and Europe and, and the world to just see John Vianney and to see his, where in ours, France. So I think this is a, a beautiful thing about the priesthood for the seminarians, because oftentimes they get discouraged. And when I performed it myself, I remember one story where I, uh, uh, you know, there was a seminarian. He was he was so discouraged. He wanted to quit. He's going to give up. I can't do this. I can't do the studies. This is not for me. And he saw the show, and 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 then all of a sudden he was crying after the show, coming to me. I can't give up. I've got to continue. Oh. And you know, with the help mm-hmm. of John Vianney. So you, who knows how many times that's happened? All the times we performed all over the United States for seminarians uh, at seminaries or at seminarians who were coming, you know, to the parishes, etc. So it's been very touching, uh, Brenda, to see how God has worked through this incredible saint. And most people, they don't know much about him. Or right. Sometimes even even priests themselves, they. You know, like all, you know, you don't reflect on your own patrons sometimes. You know, you kind of have to be reminded again because you get busy. Well, the saints are waiting for you to talk with them, and they'll be waiting for you down at Mount Angel Abbey at the Damien Center January 20th for V&E would be performed by our good friend Leonardo DeFilippis. It is sure to be a wonderful afternoon. It begins at 3 o'clock. What age groups can of people can come to this? What would you say, you know, if a parent wanted to come with their kids? Who could really understand and get a lot out of this? Well, I would say just, uh, you know, a 10 and up. Uh, even though some families bring their kids younger, because if you come in the context of family, you're fine. Mm-hmm. The main thing about this show is it's, he's one of the most attacked priests in history by the devil. So you're going to see this battle between him and the devil and what happens, how he transforms the whole community of ours and how he he does this, you know, after the French Revolution, how he restores the church in a sense. So I would say that the kids will be fine. Okay. Uh, You know, there's uh, hopefully we won't scare the monks or the priests too much. Oh, Hopefully well, they won't be afraid of the devil. You know, if if you do get scared a little bit, just a quick prayer on your knees and all is good. Leonardo, yeah. it is always a good morning when we get to visit. Real quick, before we end today, how's uh, Tolton doing? Where is that at right now? Well, that is coming together much nicer. We've uh, hired another uh, editor, and we're starting. The, ba- the biggest challenge right now is getting the backgrounds behind the actor and to have them look beautiful and consistent and, and, and have a, an artistic thread. So we're working on this because we have to create each each of them. 
uh, you know, what from to make it better than what we had in the play. So that's what's been the challenge right now. And I think the only delay is that we're trying to do, you know, five projects at the same time. That's so we're trying to, you know, keep the live shows going. But he's still performing. But please pray for that because uh, once we get that, will be the one that will be done first, Brenda. Okay. And then secondly, we'll we'll hit a heart of mercy. Excellent. Well, and of course, the live performance is making its round. It looked like on your calendar, he was back east making a stopover in Washington, D.C. Boy, that city could use a little help from the Saints for sure. So a wonderful, uh, wonderful tour. And Leonardo, wonderful opportunity to talk with you this morning. We're looking forward to seeing Vianney later this month. God bless you and thank you. And I hope everyone can come. Thanks again for your time today. God bless. God bless you too. And again, that is Leonardo Filippis. So just the details again, his performance of Vianney. It's coming up Saturday, January 20th. It begins at 3 o'clock at Mount Angel Abbey, Damien Center. You can find details on that event by going to the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app.